This is from Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 13. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Morning, everybody. Um, I'm not sure it totally came across in the notice, but when we go to um, the school on the 15th of July, there will be no service here. I just want you to check that you've clocked that. Um, on the 15th of July, we're there, not here. So it would be great if you all show up. Now, our goal or vision, the thing that we're gunning for as a church, is a transformed city. If you could put the slide up. And that means living and working together in unity. And I, I don't think we can focus too much on how much Jesus loves the church. He really, really, really loves the church. And, and the church is not this building. The church is not the structures or organizations that we have, that we need to have. The church is not the budget. The, you know, the, ch the church is, is not its pattern of meetings. All of those things serve the church. But the church is us because we are the body of Jesus. We are the kind of living, breathing heartbeat of the church. And Jesus is passionate about us. He's passionate about us. You know, he, there is nothing he wouldn't give for his church. And his church stands, or, or should stand, deep in the river of the Spirit, deep in the river of, of life. Some of the things that, that Pete was talking about, you know, standing in the river of life. The church is kind of rooted in the covenant love of God. That's, that's kind of where we stand. And yet the church also has a kingdom vision. Jesus talked again and again and again and again about his father's kingdom. About what, what life should be like and what life could be like. What a transformed city 
changed under the impact of the Spirit could be like. The church, we have a kingdom vision. And that is why we are focusing on the fivefold this term. Because in the very same breath that the Bible talks about our unity and our togetherness, it also talks about our difference. We are not all the same. We all know that. But particularly, there are ministries that Jesus has given the church, and they are different ministries. And that's a liberating message, because it means you don't have to be everything. You can be the shape that Jesus designed you to be, and that's just fine. In fact, it's better than fine. It's amazing. You're free to be the shape, to have the function and the calling that Jesus gifted you to have. And today we are looking at apostles. Of course, Jesus perfectly embodies every one of the fivefold gifts. And we are typically strong in one or two. And if you could put up the picture of the wheel, that is a little illustration of how the gifts work together. The shepherd or pastor is the hub of the wheel because the shepherd holds the community together. The teacher keeps the wheel on the ground, keeps us grounded in truth and the Bible, the word of God, spiritual wisdom. The prophet's place is in the heavenly realms, up where they can see and speak into direction and climate. What God is saying now, you know, if the Bible is God's word for all people at all time, the prophet sees what the Lord is saying now. And the evangelist keeps the wheel moving by bringing new people on board. The apostle gives the church momentum and direction. No apostle, and very often, no momentum and direction. And typically, an apostle will be captured and gripped, and their heart and mind will be full of a bit of kingdom coming that they really, really want to see. You know, it's lovely having Lydia pray about the kind of mental health issues because that's your passion, isn't it, Lydia? And that's why you started Renew 6 and Renew 11 because you can see what the kingdom of God coming for people with mental disabilities and issues might be if there was community created for them, if there, you know, there was something there where there was nothing before. You can see what that would do and what that would bring to the city. And apostles are like that. They see that bit and it grips their heart and they go for it. The apostle brings momentum and direction and energy and a, we're about this. Apostle isn't more important than any other gift. And it needs a little bit of explanation Part of the reason why people might think that apostle is up here and the other gifts are down here is because in the Bible, Jesus appointed the 12 apostles who wrote scripture. 
But, but when the New Testament and the epistles talks about the apostle role, it's just one of the five. Nowadays, people with that gift do not write scripture. It's just one of the five. It happens to be in my, kind of in, in my front line. Apostle is where I'm strongest. And then part of the reason why um, apostle can sometimes get you know, a bit above the others is that in some of the new churches, um, you know, where you've got you know, maybe five or 10 or 15 or 20 churches planted under a real move of the spirit, they sometimes call the kind of senior bishop or leader over those churches their apostle, and they mean kind of the kind of overseer, and they're, and they're kind of using it in a slightly different way than the New Testament does. And then finally, in our own church's history and in many churches' history, it, it's only in the last 20 years or so that um, the church has moved away from thinking just about shepherds and teachers in terms of leadership and wanting to embrace the whole fivefold. And of course, when you get something new, then the new thing gets a glamour. When you rediscover something, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's spiritual gifts and healing or, or the fivefold, then the new gifts get a lot of attention and a lot of glamour. And that was true in our church's history, true in this church, true in the one that Anne and I led in Coventry before we got here. And for a while, there's a bit of pendulum swing. And so the, what people sometimes call the great apes, the apostles, um, prophets and evangelists, get a bit more attention and a bit more focus because they weren't really being noticed beforehand. But and basically, if that's your um, history and experience, you just need to get over it. Apostle is just one of the fivefold. Literally, it means one who is sent, kind of like an ambassador on behalf of a king or ruler. Apostles are your natural pioneers. If you could put up the next slide. Here are some words um, which are associated with the apostolic gifting. And that, that can be helpful to people because sometimes one of those words can grab you a bit more than the word apostle. And you can think, yeah, that's what I am. Apostles want to do new things and go new places. The question we wake up in the morning with is, is anything happening? Are we going anywhere? Where are we going? You know, what's happening? Are we moving? And like all the other gifts, the pioneer gift reaches far beyond church leadership. You know, most people in our church who are apostles are not called to leadership within the church. They're called to leadership out there. They start businesses. They reimagine how the public sector might work. They innovate and bring new things into being wherever they go. Pioneers are champions of winning. For them, vision comes first. But, and being one of these, I can say it, apostles are not always the easiest people to live with. Because they're captivated by this bit of kingdom, whether it's in the workplace, you know, see God's kingdom come out there, or in the church, they want to see it, and that's their focus. They want change all the time. 
They have new, good ideas all the time. Some apostles, kind of at the far end, not me, I'm a bit more kind of in the middle, will have at least 10 good ideas every day before breakfast. It can be exhausting. And because they're so focused on where we need to get to, if you have a church where the apostolic is dominant to the exclusion of the other gifts, it'll tend to be task-driven, very, very demanding, maybe even a bit alienating. Like, like everybody, the apostles need the rest of the body. Apostles can come across as cold, particularly immature apostles. Actually, apostles do care about people. Apostles are usually very relational because they're good at taking people with them. But if you're not part of their team that's going to take this frontier, you can often feel, well, you know, do I matter at all? And if you're hurting, you know, A pioneer may not clock it. It's not that they don't care. It's that they just don't clock it. And I can be a bit like that. You know, if there's someone hurting right in front of me, I will take care of them. Of course I will. But if they're a bit, you know, off to the side and they're not, you know, part of what I'm doing right now, I will need a shepherd to come and put their arm around me a bit and say, look, Peter... This, you know, do you know this person? So, oh, okay. We really, really need each other. We really need each other. And part of the reason, I think, why Jesus has given us the fivefold gifts the way he has is so that we stay humble. Because none of the fivefold will operate very well on their own. Don't judge the pioneers because they want to make a difference, because they want to change the world. Don't judge the pioneers. Help them, but don't judge them. Someone has calculated, I've I've no idea how true this is, but in any given community, about 7% of the people will be apostles or pioneers. Cherish them. The church really needs them. The world outside really needs the pioneers. Don't squash them. You know, it can be very difficult to be a pioneer if you're in an organisation which is very heavily shepherd and teacher and feels very uncomfortable with people who kind of stir it up and unsettle the status quo and ask uncomfortable questions about whether we're actually making disciples, whether we're actually making life better. You know, they, uh, pioneers can be very, very unsettling people, but we desperately need them. We particularly need them now because God said it's a springtime season. So if any of those words connect with you, I want to encourage you to go for it. Take some other people with you. Make sure there's a shepherd. You need your shepherds. But go for it. You will make waves. You know, not everybody will be happy with you, but you still need to go for it. Jesus is our ultimate pioneer, and by the time he got to the cross, everybody else had run away, and nobody understood what he was doing.
you will have to make some waves and you will be misunderstood if you are a pioneer. But just because everybody doesn't get on board at once does not mean you are being persecuted. I love being married to Anne for all sorts of reasons. But I particularly love being married to Anne because she's not an apostle. I mean, she has actually got quite a strong apostolic gifting, but her primary gift is that she's a prophet. And in my younger days, when I was even more immature, I could not understand why Anne, you know, I'd have this new good idea, and instead of just bouncing with joy and energy, Anne would say, well, I I don't know, Peter, I don't know. And even worse, she couldn't explain why. She'd just have this sense, you know, if she could explain why this wouldn't work, you know, that's all right, isn't it? But but she she would just know this, you know, and I'd be, and I'd get quite cross, and we'd have a bit of conflict. Um, And I have learned, I still don't always get it right, but I have learned to really, really listen to my prophet. Because often it's not for a day or two, or even worse, a week or two, that Anne will kind of process it and can say to me, this is what I think the Lord is saying, Peter. Actually, is a good idea, but it's not for this year. It's not for now. Well, she might come back and say, actually, God, this is absolutely the thing for now. I had this picture, and I think God's saying, go for it. But, you know, here are the things you need to do. We really, really, really need each other. Now, there will be two groups of people, well, probably three groups at the moment. There'll be those who think, yes, I am a pioneer, and we're going to pray for you in a moment. There are those who are thinking, I might be a pioneer. And um, if you are, we'd like to pray for you as well. And there's also people who are not natural pioneers, but in this season of their life, God's called them to be a pioneer. And you get prayed for as well. If God's called you, even though you're not naturally a pioneer, to be a pioneer right now. Um, And then there are people, you know, who are not pioneers, who, who have the other five-fold ministries that the body needs. If you are not a pioneer and you're doing something and you just feel you're not getting breakthrough, apostles would love to help you. We would just love to help you. We love to strategize. We love to coach. We love to raise up leaders. We love to set people free. Reaching the goal is much more important to us than whose empire it is. You know, we don't mind if you're not in the same organisation or the same community or you're doing it slightly over there. We don't mind. What's important to us is the goal. And we love to coach. We love to help you strategise. If you're not a pioneer and you're doing something but breakthrough seems to be eluding you, it's just, it's not quite getting what you need. Have coffee with an apostle. You can do it with me, you can do it with the other apostles in the church. Just you message them, 
would you sit down and just help me process? You, you don't have to do what they suggest. But, but my guess is and my experience is they will really, really help you because apostles are good at cutting through the mess. You know, seeing the whole forest, not the individual trees. And my bet is that they'll come up with one or two things that are likely to give you some breakthrough. Use the apostles. Don't be scared of them. Help them. Don't be scared of them. In the history of the church in the Christendom era, the church celebrated the shepherding gift and the teaching gift. And even today, in the historic denominations, it is not easy to get accepted if you are a pioneer. It's not easy. We need to celebrate our apostles and our pioneers and really bless them. We really need them. I mean, they need us, but we really need them. And the same is true of every other ministry. You know, every other fivefold has its kind of shadow side and its joy and its glory side, as we all do. But the pioneers really, really matter. And especially now, because God said it's a springtime season. So what I want to do is, if you are a pioneer, or you think you might be, or you're in a season where you're doing pioneering, even if you're not naturally a pioneer, I'd like you to stand up now. I know it's not easy sometimes to do that, but you're a pioneer, you won't have any problem with it. So just stand up if you're a pioneer. That's amazing. And since it's pioneers, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. This won't be too difficult for you. You're a pioneer. I know. That is fantastic, isn't it? That's fantastic. Let's, let's give them some applause. Bless you guys. And if you've ever been in a context in church where you've been squashed and, and not allowed to grow, then on behalf of church, I want to say sorry. And... Uh, I'm sure you've heard all the stuff I've been saying <laughs> about where you need to take a shepherd with you. Um, but what we want to do now is to pray for our pioneers that they're going to be liberated. That God will set them free to fly. And uh, because I'm one of them, I'm going to turn off my microphone and go and stand with them. Great. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, I think just to add what Peter's saying, you guys are so valuable. You know, we need you as a church. We need people like you that are going to push us and stretch us and to take us into the direction that you guys feel like God is calling um, us to through you guys. So as the rest of the church, why don't we stand up? And for those of you that feel comfortable, I'd love you to come to the front and gather around and pray for these guys. Uh, I think it's really important as a family we stand alongside them. So if you feel happy to, can I invite you to come forward? I want to make sure that at least every person has at least one person praying for them. That's it.
if you haven't got anyone praying for you, just whack, whack your hand up just so I can see. It's hard to kind of differentiate who's being prayed for and who's not. Okay, looks like everyone's got someone praying for them. Fantastic. Okay, well, what we're going to do is Mike is just going to play some music over us. We're just going to worship a little bit. And this, I just want to encourage you guys just to receive the prayers that these guys are going to pray over you. Just prayers of blessing, prayers of, of, of releasing you guys to fly and to step into and continue to grow in the gifting that God's given you. Um, because you guys are so valuable and we want to keep reiterating that. We need you guys. And I think for a long time there's been a whole thing of, you know, oh, everyone wants to be an apostle. That kind of, that kind of thing of, you know, these guys are the most important. And it's not like that. But you guys also need to be released and have space to step into who you are and what you're called to do. So we're going to pray. Mike's going to play. And then we'll see what the Holy Spirit wants to do.